0: I'm Dwayne Brummett. He's Ali Albarigo. And this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again.
1: Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Allie. Good morning to you Dwayne. I'm glad to be with you again even though we were with each other just yesterday on another podcast.
0: That we were. Pretty exciting, right? Yeah. No, it was nice to
1: uh see Toby again. Yeah, he's a good guy. I always liked him ever since the first time I met him. Like he always was really just real kind of stand up, friendly, honorable person. Like I've never felt that he wasn't true to what he said. No, I totally
0: agree. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So that's good. But uh, yeah,
1: it was nice to reconnect with him. Uh, I
0: saw him back in July in uh, in Orlando when I was there for um, a conference there for uh, uh, for Maya and hmm. um, and uh, he was a part of the he was there for the um, the tournament that was there. I'm trying to think oh. of the was it the U.S. Open, oh. whatever it was. He was right. a part of that as well. So he was there. Wow. And stuff, so.
1: Outstanding. That's very cool. Speaking of events, we just ran our uh, New York Tournaments Award Banquet Hall of Honors dinner on Sunday that just passed. We had like 450 award recipients and guests. It was just amazing. Like, what a night of positive energy and schools and their students. It was just a fun, fun day. And that starts our circuit. And our circuit starts uh, the first tournament of the year is February 25th. And we've already got tons of signups already.
0: Yeah, I, I love that um, you basically have collaborated with other schools to do that. Maybe we are doing do a whole different podcast on how that all works.
1: Yeah, if you want, you could do it in, in more of like an interview fashion and just pick my brain on what we've done and how we started it and how I work with my partners and all the things that we do to keep it fresh and going. And, and yeah, because so- what, I, what I like is you you don't fight with other school owners. Like you try to get along with everybody
0: and collaborate, which is, you know, not the martial art school owner way.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. It's funny. I have, um, we have a gymnastics studio that we rent out in a little portion of my building. I have a little room that this lady does gymnastics, right? So she's often her, her clientele is in my lobby sitting there. And one of the moms had her son with them and he had on our competitors t shirt And so I said, you know, you're not allowed to sit in our lobby with that T-shirt. She says, ah, that's not true. I talked to the owner of our school and he says that you're the nicest guy in the world and you guys get along great. And he literally is like a mile and a half from me. Um, You know, so I I look at it like this, you know, there's enough people to be uh, in competition with or, you know, other things. And I know they always say your competition is not another school. It's T-ball, baseball, football. But, But in all honesty, other schools are competition to you. If you look at them as competition. Oh, absolutely. You know, like we have a strip in our town uh, at Bayshore, like which is like five minutes from me. And there's literally a hundred restaurants or maybe that's an exaggeration, maybe 50 restaurants and they're all right next to each other. Like, and they're all, most of them are all doing well. And the ones that don't do well are the ones that I've been to that their customer service and food and the way they treat you is terrible.
0: Yeah. Well, right? that's, that's like car dealerships. I mean, they yeah. all... They oh all line up on top of each other. And we have a street in our town that uh, we call it karate lane, at mm. least I do, because there's three schools that are wow. on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I must have around me in my town where I have my school 15 schools within a five mile radius. If that wow. that's that's actually five miles for us is quite large because the island is small. Um, so, but that's like literally on every corner you turn, there's a new school opening or a new school there. And if you think about it, just alone in our township, we have 28,000 households. So if we could gap, capture a small percentage of those people just from that town, and by the way, other people come from other towns, um, it's, uh, you know, we, we all could be packed to the gills. So you said how many? 28,000? 28, yeah, 28,000 households, not, not necessarily people. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. So so okay. you're looking at a house could have two kids. It could have five members in the family. It could have more. Could person. So, yeah, mm-hmm. our population is pretty large, probably like, you know, you know, in the close to like, you know, four or five hundred thousand in our area. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's and I'm just guessing those numbers could be totally off. But I mean, it's pretty busy. Well,
0: that's so that's uh, four like if only 1% of the population does martial arts cuz that's what everybody yeah. says right mm-hmm. if that if that stat's true if it's 400,000 then that's there's 4,000 people for you to share between oh uh, yeah uh what you
1: said 15 schools yeah exactly
0: okay so each of you get 266 6
1: Six yeah. And, and and don't forget when I say our town, that's like the town that we're in. And then you have all the neighboring towns that are within that. Like when you do uh maps uh, Google maps and you do like a demographic radius and you hit that button and you say three miles around your school, it literally pours into all these other towns. Right. So, you know, we have a large, there's so many people on Long Island that we could all be busy and, and, you know, the better schools will have more. The, the the not so good at marketing schools will have a little bit less or less, but um overall it's not like we're you know we're starving for you know for people. Right. Yeah, and well, I gotta people, keep the funnel going. <laughs> I have people that travel from 40 minutes to 35 minutes away from me to come to my school. So you know, there's those as well. Well, 35, 40 minutes, isn't that like a, a two-mile drive? <laughs> no, not no, we're not we don't always all have traffic like we that could be if you're coming from the city but right. um but like by you it's more rural. So people probably travel further, right? Like they, do. they, they don't mind doing it. Like when my buddy had a school in Colorado and I would go visit him and stay with him at his house, we would want to go get Starbucks in the morning. It was a 40 minute ride to the Starbucks. Like, you know, go into the supermarket was 40 minutes, a restaurant an hour. Like, so they were used to traveling in my town. When I closed my one school and combined together, combined them together, they literally parents were saying to me, I don't, I don't want to drive that far to the other school, which is literally a 10 minute ride in your car, 12 minutes if you're driving slow, Um, maybe 10, 15 miles, if that, and that, you know, that's nothing really, you know, like, but people didn't want to do it. And I understand some of them are so tightly scheduled that they're dropping off a daughter at dance and then they drop their kid off at karate. They come back around and pick up the daughter, come back to the kid. Like they have this intricate schedule and it's all based on convenience and time. Yeah, absolutely. So we, have, so we have a good call. You want to introduce what we're talking about?
0: Yeah. Again, Happy New Year uh, to everybody listening. Um, and Allie and I were talking about what we should really kind of prompt the year with or start off the new year with. And um, of course, uh, this is one of the, I think, one of the topics that is the least sexiest, but one of the topics that is the most important and uh, so we just titled this one uh, "Beyond the Mat: The Metrics That Define uh, Martial Arts School Success." And right. uh, you know, in a nutshell, in a boring nutshell, uh, it's your stats.
1: But I yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's just you and I, but I don't find them boring at all. Like I, I find stats the lifeblood, and it's exciting to me.
0: Uh, well, it certainly is. But one knowing what stats that you actually should keep is, you know, the first hurdle or obstacle to overcome. But then second to that, I think, you know, being able to then really read those stats to understand what they're actually telling you is the second obstacle. And then the third is if you want to improve those stats, then going, okay, what do I need to do in order to make uh, this stat or these stats uh, better? is that kind of a good groundwork?
1: Yeah. And, and and look, I'm thinking about when you're talking, I'm thinking about what you're saying. And I'm saying that it sounds easy, but it really for, for some school owners or business owners in general, (coughs) that stuff is mind boggling. Like, how do you, you know, how do you figure out, what's missing or what needs to be fixed. And then how do you monitor whether the fix works and is better? You know, like it. it, there's a whole analytical way of thought to, to being able to look at stats and then determine what's going on and decide on whether it's, you know, changes will be made and right. And if they benefit you.
0: Yeah, totally. And now can you get lost in statistics? Absolutely. Can you take probably too many Uh, as a martial arts school owner? Yeah. I think, you know, but I don't, the answer to that is yes, but yeah. I don't think you can, you, I don't think you can really take too many stats. Right. Um, but it, I, we have a, a simple business model. I really believe when you, when you break it down, we do have a very, uh, simple business model, but there are, are a lot of complexities inside of, or potential complexities inside of that mm. business model. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know where you want to go with this. I mean, I've written down a, a few things that I definitely want to talk about with regards to numbers that, right. uh, that are core numbers that need to be tracked. Uh, do you want to hop into that now?
1: Yeah. You know, one thing you and I both, everyone knows we're, we're fans of Spark, we're Spark software people. They do some podcasting with us. Um, my daughter's bringing me some water. Thank you, kiddo. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, like they have a thing on their – Software called the ultimate stats. And then they have the KPIs, key performance indicators, like the areas that really make a difference in your school. And I think a lot of them are very on target. Some of them are hard to understand the way they calculate their stats. Um, for me, I don't know about how they do it, like, you know, average length of stay or uh, current monthly recurring revenue or the monthly value of each student balanced out over the course of all your students, right? Of course, they, they factor in pay in fulls and discounted memberships and all of that averaged out will give you what your monthly uh, amount is that you're bringing in. And um, also that lifetime value of the student. So so a lot of these statistics are very, very important.
0: Okay, but we say that they're important. The, the question would be... Well, why why is uh, and I, i'm not saying we need to answer this right just yet but you know why is the lifetime value of a student knowing what that number is why is that important you
1: right. see where i'm going with that right i do and that's why a, a lot of people don't do their stats
0: yeah yeah so let's kind of jump into um some of the key stats okay you know so as a as a business owner not just a martial arts school owner but as a business owner the very, one of the very first stats I believe that you should be keeping is the, um, the amount of leads that you get. Okay. Now there's, see, that can be broken down into a couple of categories as well, though, because you have total leads, but -hmm. then you also have web leads. Right. There's a difference. And so your web leads, you know, obviously come from your website They come from, uh, uh, let's say the Google or pay-per-click, uh, you know, Facebook ads that from your website, Yeah, those, and, 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 but see, even all of those, again, we can get crazy. All of them are different. Mm -hmm. Uh, like we had spoke about on the podcast yesterday with, with Toby, you know, we brought up the fact that, you know, we should be doing Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, maybe, uh, uh, Ads and marketing, but all of those leads—that's that's called interruption marketing. So right. those leads, percent percentage wise, are not going to uh, turn in or a, you know a lower percentage of those are going to turn into students. Mm-hmm. But your Google pay per click, you know, some or somebody just searching the web and coming upon your you know your Google listing and then going to your website, those have higher. Because they're searching for you, there's a right. higher percentage of those that are going right. to eventually uh, pan out to become a student. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you can get crazy with regards to tracking your your leads. But I just wanted to give the overview of the fact that, uh, and I, when I say crazy, you can get specific. I shouldn't say crazy. You can get right. specific, and I think that you should do that now most software programs that we have in the martial arts industry will give you total leads they will give you web leads but they're not going to break it down uh in their software on where it came from that's going to be based upon you know maybe the tags that you give them when they you know go to certain pages does that make sense oh yeah definitely but at the very least you need to track your total leads and i would say you need to track your web leads Mm-hmm. Do,
1: you, do you agree with that? Without a doubt. I mean, you know, if you're not tracking it, you're not looking at it. You you don't know how many there are. You're not going to be able to follow up, right? There's a lot of things that could easily just get lost in the minutia of our day to day, right? And that's why I think it's important that if you don't have a program manager um, that sits at the front desk and is able to calculate and work with you and do all these things, hire a virtual assistant that you could give these tasks to, for them to look at this stuff and follow up on it and so on. But it's absolutely essential for you to determine, you know, what are the key, you know, indicators in success of your business? If you want new students, let's just say you sign up five out of every 20. You could either do one of two things. Number one, you could get 40 leads instead of 20 to double your signup ratio, or you could get better at signing people up and then if you wanted to at that point, now you could double your, your amount of leads. And now you're getting twice the amount of students.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of where, and that, that's the reason why stats are so important.
1: Yes. Is, um,
0: well, okay. So you got your, your leads. Next one are your trials. Mm-hmm. You need to know how many of those leads are turning into trials. Mm-hmm. And then for us, um, we also track. And this is because of uh, our Spark software, but we actually track the 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 amount of people that show up for their trial, right? Which that should be congruent, meaning uh, show you know uh, show ups to trials should all be the same number, right? I don't put them on a trial unless they show up, yeah. And then no shows. Hmm. So that's another number that we we track, and then of course we 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 track. Enrollments, which you kind of just brought up, meaning right. if you got you got 20 in the funnel and five sign up.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: like Ali said, the reason that's so important to know is because then if you see on average, you know, every 20 leads, you get five signups. Like Ali said, how you solve that problem initially is you either a get 40 leads. How can I get 40 leads in order to have 10 signups? And I would say, try to do that anyways. And I'm sure I right. would agree with that. Yeah. But then B, look at your systems. Hopefully you have some. Right. And right. see how you can tighten up those systems in a way that, you know, you bump your percentage rather than signing up five out of 20. Now you're signing up seven out of 20. Right. But you right. you you can't even go for those goals if you don't know those numbers. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. You see, that's the problem. And and by the way, I I mean, I started my school because, you you know, I needed a place to have people that I could fight with and spar with and have fun with, right? Like I didn't really think it was going to become my way of life and my income and my livelihood and my love and and total 100% passion, right? But um, I never in the wildest dreams did I ever think that I'd be having to check stats and monitor progress and see ratios of signups to quits and yada, yada, yada. Like never in my life did. And I don't think that many martial arts schools do, uh, owners that open up, they do that either because they're not really sure. Like they don't know what you don't, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like, so unless they had a mentor, you know, that could teach them, then they're figuring it out along the way and And they're or
0: or they were in business in a business that they did those stats or certain those type of things before they opened up their school
1: yeah but however check this out like i owned a a landscape construction company that was a very very successful um business i was making a lot of money i had 28 employees etc etc I ran my do and I was r- simultaneously running my landscape business and my dojo. I ran them totally like against all my belief of how to run my landscape business. I ran my school the opposite way. Oh no, don't ask people for upsells. Oh no, 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 Don't don't sell retail. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't ask for money. If they're past due, you let them train anyway. Cause you're a martial art team. Like it was just like, it was just totally opposite. So I think a lot of school owners, do what they've, or, or, you know, they open their schools and run them like they saw their teachers run them, which most of the old timers really didn't do well when it came to running a commercial, commercial viable school. True. True. Right. So that's, well, Well,
0: so again, we said leads trials showed no show enrollments, people that enroll, uh, obviously you need to track the amount of people that quit. Mm hmm um, so that you're not lying to yourself thinking that everybody stays. Cause how, how many times have you done that in the past? Right. Oh yeah. Right. Nobody quits.
1: No one quits.
0: Yeah. Or, oh yeah. Only 1% of the population. Yeah, or story.
1: they're coming back. Like it, all, I, I have no problem with retention. All I got to do is get them through the door. Meanwhile, they've been at the same number for the last seven years. And they're signing 30 people up, 40 people a year, but they haven't grown in, you know, in 10 years. Like they, they don't know what, what they're actually losing.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, the other stat is if you have up, uh, an upgrade or upgrades, plural, mm-hmm. then you, you should be tracking how many people that that was offered to eligible for. And then that enrolled into those things as mm-hmm. well. Right. Um, because again, once you have, once you have those numbers, then you can go back and go, okay, we had a hundred students, but only fifty of them were uh, given the upgrade, and forty took it. Why, what happened to the other fifty? Why didn't they get, or why weren't they eligible, or whatever it is? Like, right. you, then you can start asking yourself some important questions in order to make your business uh, that much better. Mm-hmm. And then I would say the other important stat too is how many white belts and uh, started with you and how many people tested for first-degree black belt? Right, right. Um, now, that stat is not going to be um, correct, if you will, in, mm-hmm. in one year's time. Right. But the reason you start that is because now when you look back after, let's say it usually takes four years to get your black belt in your, at your school. Well, now you can look back at that four year and then you can see, cause you can take all of those numbers and then you can get a percentage mm-hmm. going, okay, I had a hundred, let's just make it easy. I had a hundred people test, or a hundred people, hundred white belts this year. Uh, and let's just say that's congruent. So over a four year period at a hundred each year. So now you have 400. And, and, you know, then you only had 40 people in that time span test for their black belt. Well, then you, then you can look at that percentage and know what your percentage is. Right. Right. Um, and then what that does is that it allows you to be able to go, okay, what are, what are the, like actually have a number like, right. go, okay, I actually know out of a hundred white belts, I'm going to produce X black belts. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it kind of goes to the point where you were talking about yesterday on, on Toby's podcast is, you know, a a, a ton of schools say that, well, we're black belt schools, right? We're a black belt school. Okay. Well, start keeping your numbers and how many people enrolled with you became a white belt and how many, how many people actually go to their first degree black belt. Right. And then tell me if you're a black belt school. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt.
0: So and then, the, and then I was going to say the other the other stat too, especially if you have a software like we do, and I'm, I'm, I would venture to say almost any good software is going to have this. It's kind of what you talked about before you brought up the fact that uh, the where people quit, what belt right. level are they at right. when they quit, so that you can take a look at those belt levels and see what the heck's happening at those times.
1: Right. And, and by, the way, by the way, that's a huge thing. So, and and by the, and Spark actually has a, a, a trending, uh, you know, chart where you could see where your enrollment is quitting. And the problem with that is, I don't know if people really dig in deep enough to try to figure out why they're quitting. And then number two, do something about it to try to, you know, keep those people more engaged. Well,
0: number one, I would even back up and say or zero because you already said one and two. So number zero is the fact that uh, to even know that that's there or something that they should be even looking at. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing that that goes back to what we always say. You don't know what you don't know. So so, for example, we teach martial arts and we teach self-defense. Right. We always say, keep your hands up. If someone goes to punch at you, you slap it away or you block it away or you move out of the way. There's only a few things that you need to do to not get hit. But if you're um, one of my students, I remember way back when he came up to me, he was a black belt. He's like, I keep getting hit in the face. What do I do? I said, you either move or you block. Those are the only you, two choices, right? Well, uh, third one, you punch first. Right, right. Yeah. So there's something to do, right? But most people don't know what to do because they don't know where the illness is, you know, right? Like, so people are getting sick lately. A lot of people dying of all different things that it's more so than ever. It seems that I'm reading about celebrities and cancer and, you know, all these weird, you know, heart issues, well, if we don't know the root cause of it and we just say, oh, that's sad, you know, some so-and-so passed away. But if we could find out the root cause, we can make changes, right? That's like, I remember when I was on the um, board for a prominent breast cancer organization, I used to say to them, you know, you need to change how uh, you, you you guys are always looking for the cure, but you're not looking for the prevent preventative stuff. Makes sense? What are you going to say? Well, you cracked me up because every time you say root
0: cause, I was thinking you need to need to uh, contact Kamala she'll she'll tell you what the root cause
1: is exactly exactly in 500 different words and not making sense in any of them um so you know like the key type of salad yeah so so important you've gone over like probably if we had a few legs or pillars right we called it back in one of this uh podcast and training course that we did the pillars of success right the most important thing <coughs> would be new students and tracking them, knowing the the term you know the terms to use in the different phases that they're at: prospect versus lead, lead versus trial, trial versus trial member, m- trial member to membership. Right? Um, those are all important stats, and that alone could take most of your time because that's your bread and butter. There's only two areas that are most important in your school is new students and existing students. That's it. Yeah. You know, you can make money at special events and retail, but keeping those students engaged and keeping them happy so that they stay longer and getting them to enroll when they're unsure initially, those are the two most important things that you need to worry about.
0: Absolutely. Um, And by the way, I just wanted to say, those of you that are online watching us live, you know, feel free to, uh, in the, in the comment section, um, you know put in some stats that you deem necessary as well right uh, The other thing now more on the financial end of it is um, you need to keep a account of your advertising dollars right. So one is you you need to know how much money you're actually spending each month each quarter each year on advertising. Right, Because then what you can do is you can factor in uh, the cost for acquiring a lead, meaning mm-hmm. now I know that it costs me, let's just say $1,000 to get X, I don't right. know, let's uh, just throw out 50 leads. Mm-hmm. And then from that, then you can figure out what it is that is your cost to acquire a new student. Right. Because when you do that, the, here was like when I first learned this. And by the way, it was uh, Grandmaster Hafner that turned me on to this. I think Stephen Oliver was was talking with me about it, but I was he's, a, he's actually
1: uh, uh, thumbs up our podcast just oh like nice a few minutes ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm almost positive he was talking to me about it, but I wasn't listening. I just, you know what I mean, right? You ever you ever paid a coach and didn't listen?
1: Yeah, that was him. yeah
0: <laughs> And so, um, but learning how to take that and then knowing how much money it's actually costing me to acquire this new student. Right. Because yeah. then what that did to me is I go, wow, it's only X to acquire this new student. So if, if I'm putting in $1,000, what if I put in $2,000? Right. Right. Because I was already making money to acquire those new students. I wasn't losing money. I was making money. Right. And so that allowed me to have the, um, the stats to back up the bump. Right. And putting more money into my marketing. Right. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cost of acquisition, right? That's like with any business that's out there, whether it be toothpaste or, you know, whatever, you know, martial arts or a gym, you want to find out where your cost of acquisition and what it is, right? And by the way, I think a lot of people don't realize that how, you know, they might say, I don't really advertise. Meanwhile, they have a website, they have an Instagram page, a Facebook page, they're boosting posts, they're paying for Google AdWords like this so many areas that you could be spending your money. And when you take all those things and you total their monthly cost in of what it costs you for the month to do all those things, and then you divide that out by the amount of leads that gives you your cost of acquisition, right? How many people you actually got. Yes, Just for the it, phone to ring. Right. Right. And then obviously you
0: do the same thing with the amount of people that you signed up. Right. So, and then that gives you what you actually spent to, to, to get those now, some people are referrals, mm-hmm. and and they didn't cost you like they didn't come in on your advertising dollars. But you can't separate those from the bottom line because mm-hmm. it's an average in totality is what you're looking for. Because I know I've had that discussion with some um, uh, clients before. Is well, what about somebody that brings in for a buddy day or you know somebody else gives them a pass? They didn't really go through my advertising dollars, right? you know, but that you don't try to segregate those or separate those, um, from the, uh, the money piece. I mean, you can keep track of those separately. So, you know, how many, you know, leads that you are getting from referrals, that's fine, but you don't take them out of that, um, out of that equation.
1: No. And, and by the way, let's just pretend that they were, a, they, the, your students VIP would them right? Well, those passes that you gave them to give to the students, that was paid for. So that's also part of your cost of acquisition, like the advertising cost It meant to make the flyer, make the rack card, make the VIP pass. Those things are all added in to your advertising costs.
0: Well, back in the day when the website wasn't the true way that everybody was, you know, getting in, because you would have to get on a phone, either the phone call, right. like somebody would Somebody would even opt in on your website, but they would just give you information, then you'd have to call them, right? Right. So in our phone script, one thing that we did was towards the end of the phone script, we just said, you know, hey, Mrs. Jones, uh, we find that most of our kids um, enjoy the program, but also actually enjoy it a little bit more when they have a friend or a family member to to do it with. Is there anybody that little Johnny would like to invite that's around his age that you would like to invite to come in and do the trial with him? Right. And if they say yes, then you get that information and you set it up. If they say no, we just would basically say, that's all right. You know, sometimes that person doesn't come to mind uh, right away. But if if you do think of someone, uh, let us know and we can have them come in and, and uh, do the trial with Johnny at any time. You know, right. even if it has been during his first class. Right. And, and so just by doing that, um, you, we actually lowered, not by a lot, but by a little, we lowered our advertising cost mm-hmm. because now, you know, we're spending, let's say $1,000 and getting 50 leads. Well, now we're spending $1,000 and getting 55 leads. Right. Right. So just five more people, let's say, but that's just by asking that question. Right. Now the same thing applies to us where everything is mostly digital now, but what we're doing is um, they are coming in and then we're talking to them right there and saying, Hey, you know, uh, Johnny's more than welcome to bring a, a friend or a family member to his next class with them to do the trial. We just find that, you know, I mean, obviously kids like the program, but uh, they 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 like it even more when they have somebody to train with. Is there anybody right. that you can think of that, you know, you'd like to bring in with little Johnny?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a great thing. I talk about that all the time, yet I forget to do it all the time. Right. So it's like something that you know, maybe here's something to think about, Dwayne. Maybe we could put it into, and when we do our automation. and well, it's they, in one of mine. Is it? And and they oh, get yeah. the, hey, you're coming tomorrow kind of thing. Reminder, would you like to bring a friend, blah, blah, blah. That's pretty smart.
0: Yeah, it's in there. It's just, uh, it, it is, uh, it, it, it says something like, hey, just want to remind you of, of your second class tomorrow. By the way, uh, if, if you haven't already set it up, um, you know, you can bring a friend. Just let us know. Um, text us back, and we can set that up for your friend to come in on on the trial with you.
1: That's awesome. Very cool. So yeah. um, so let's jump into some other things, maybe or tell me whether we could you know talk about this a little. I think that the next biggest thing that is essential to the lifeblood of the school is knowing your expenses and knowing your net income and profitability. And I have to say people that I coach, the majority of people that I coach initially when I start coaching them, they have no clue. Some of them have rather larger schools, 200, 300 members and whatever. Some of them are smaller. But the real key ingredient for me is to know when they're running their school, what every student is paying, $150 a month, how much of that is profit based on the bulk of all their students. Right. And then to know what their expenses are to the penny, because I have a client that sometimes will say to me, I lost money this month. I'm like, no, you didn't. Your school is profitable. Well, I spent way more money. I spent $2,000 on uniforms. Well, maybe you shouldn't have spent 2000 on uniforms. Maybe you should have bought as you went. You didn't have to buy 200 uniforms. You could have bought 20 Right. And then they, they take money and they, they pay down big chunks of debt or they buy something new or they, you know, like they use it frivolously. Cool. Um, I think that that's so essential is to be able to know what your costs are. I mean, I have an Excel spreadsheet. I know there's QuickBooks programs and other programs and all that. I love to do it m- manually. And I go in my checking accounts every single day. I see what bills are coming out. I put it on my Excel spreadsheet as whether it was paid for the month. And I know what my expenses are to the penny every single month. So I know that, let's say my expenses are 15K, but I'm making 26K. Uh, you know, I have a lot of money to play with. Right. And then I look at that and I say, I could do one of two things. I could pay down debt or I can invest it, whether I invest it into, um, a simple bank account savings account with 5% interest or um, maybe dabble in stocks or maybe buy some real estate or, you know, whatever. Um, That's how we start building up so that at the end of the day, we look at our, our net income and what we're worth. And we say, well, we have enough to be able to retire if we wanted to, Uh, because it cost me X amount of dollars. You know, like if I moved down to, I have a house in Florida and if I moved to that house and sold everything I own, I could live for the rest of my life, like really well, the expenses are so low down at that house. I think my overall cost to run that property is like $750 a month. Cheap, right? You could do that if, you know, making that by collecting cans almost and and turning them in. So like I've set myself up in a way that that might be a potential thing. I might go down there four or five months a year or whatever it may be, but I've been looking at my expenses and figuring out what I owe each month and then taking my profit, the chunk, and sliding it over and reinvesting it, paying down debt to the point where I'm literally debt-free. I don't – you know, people call me all the time, you know, hey, I'm from such and such a, you know, loan company. I'm like, I don't need money, dude. I don't need your loan. I'm good to go. And they get – one guy was nasty. He's like, oh, okay, Mr. Cool, Mr. Moneybags, and he hung up on me. I'm like, really? That's oh like. gosh. You know, they don't care. They just want to sail. And if you don't go in the direction they want, they're going to be nasty. Um, but but I, I think that's one thing that I found as a big dilemma is most of the schools that I coach, they don't know what it costs them to operate. The cost of doing business, CODB, right?
0: What are your thoughts yeah, No, I think that that is a, uh, a crucial, crucial stat. You know, everybody talks about how much they grossed Um, but the most important number, like you said, is how much did you net?
1: Yeah. And that's what I love about spark too, on the dashboard of their system, right? You have, um, one main stat and it's your, um, you know, let me pull it up real quick. I forget what they call their name is the net billing. So every month I'm looking like I have 10 people coming up for renewal. I have five new, maybe 10 people out of the 10, eight of them renewed. Now I know what my net billing is. Am I up for the month? So let's say I'm up $500 net for the month with my new students coming in and renewing students. Now I know 500 times 12 months is an additional 6000 a year that my profitability in, in just those particulars, that particular situation would have grown.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Right? So I'm and always then, looking to go forward.
0: And then uh, I would say the other, the other numbers, and this kind of goes along with exactly what you're talking about uh, with regards to expenses, is uh coming up with the the percentages that you want to run your business on right so what percentage of my gross profit am i paying to payroll mm-hmm. what am i willing to pay to for advertising right. for um rent and uh then you know utilities and those type of things right um because then if you run your school on the percentages, let's just say you run it on an 80%, now you have 20% left that you right. can always do what Allie's talking about. Or even if it's a 90% and you have 10% left that you can always do what Allie's right. talking about. And I can't tell you how many uh, school owners that I've talked to before that, at least in my opinion, percentage-wise, they're paying way too much oh,
1: for yeah. their,
0: their rent. Right. Like they're, they're rent heavy and they're always trying to chase Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And, um, if they would just adjust, see that there was a school owner one time and I, I I had recommended not to move into this storefront compared to where they were before. Right. But of course we all, we all want a storefront. At least I thought so. right? Right. We all want the storefront. We want to be seen those type of things. Um, and, uh, then, then they moved in there. And within yeah. a year, they were closed.
1: Yeah. You know what it is, too? I think that, you know, they, it's an ego thing, too. Like, I want that big, you know, 10,000 square foot facility. I want a cage. I want the bags. I want, and then you look at it and you go, like, I, when people come to me, and, and actually, I, I work with a client, we should interview him. He, he's going to be a good interview. And his name is Steve. And uh, he came to me four months or well, five months prior, started coaching with me before he even had a school. So we looked at building the school and negotiating. I helped him with everything, negotiating the leases and helping him design the school and build it and brand it. And um, he's now it's about a year and two months and he broke, I think he's at 110 or 115 students now um, with solid growth continually every month. And hopefully we'll hit the goal of doing 150 to 175 this year. And he's making a, Great profit. We knew going in what his expenses were. He's a professional um, uh, holistic healer. So he used to be in the medical field. He left that field to just teach full time martial arts. He's he's an amazing guy. He speaks like three languages. Um, And, uh, you know, anyway, he's my Chinese medicine guy. I'm like, I have a pain in my hip. He's like, I take this, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But anyway, I mean, he's making good money. And we know like where he's at right now, within a year's time, he's already making a great living from his school. He doesn't have to worry. He's got it. He's profitable. That's like I mean, not not that easy.
0: Right, but he's running it on the percentages. He's running right. it on the yeah. the yeah. stats and the statistics mm-hmm. and knowing what his numbers are and what he has to do in order to make it profitable and continue yeah. to grow it.
1: Yeah, and we were very conscientious about rent and and size of school. And I have another client, I'm going to the minute I hang up with this podcast, I have another client that I do a coaching call with and he's the same way. He's just starting. He has a small school in a small organization in a church or whatever. And we're looking for a location now. We're out meeting with realtors and we're looking at percentages, like you said, how much do we want to pay in rent? How much do we want to pay to renovate? You know, et cetera, et cetera. But those numbers, the hard numbers are, you know, bottom line is it to be profitable because how many businesses make millions? And like you look at shark tank. Yeah. We did 23 million in sales last year. How much did you make? Oh, we're at a $280,000 loss for the year. Like, so who cares if you're making 23 million, unless that's going to change soon. Um, who wants to make a lot of money, but not you're losing every month. Well, one of the most stressful things in our society is money.
0: Yeah. And so if you can, learn the stats that you need to keep, learn how to read those stats and then learn how to improve those stats, your, your, your stress level will drop dramatically. Oh, absolutely. Your confidence level will increase tremendously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And not a false confidence, but a, but a true confidence that comes from the stats that are backing it up. Right. Does that make sense? Totally
1: does. You're right. You know, what keeps me up every night is stress over money. Um, meanwhile, to be honest, I don't have any like, but I still can't sleep at night. I worry about ridiculous, stupid things in my dreams. What if I can't pay the mortgage this month? I'm like, I have to wake up and actually literally say, Allie, none of that's real. You gotta go back to sleep. You're good. You know, you're, you're fine. Um, but you're right though. That's what destroys relationships. It's what, makes students, parents, and families not like you anymore because of money is an issue or whatever the case may be. Um, money is one of the, probably the worst things that ever has been for, as far as destroying uh, livelihoods, right? Money is a big deal. Without, if we had no money and we could just barter and be good, everyone would be happier. Uh, I don't know about that
0: just because, y- 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 again, that's that's still money bartering is money. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a source, different source of revenue. Right. That's all. It's just a different
1: operating system, but it's still, it's still money. True. But then that the, a barter system works off of, um, your quality abilities, right? right? So like if you're the the people come to you for the, for the meat and then you could say, okay, well you own a seed shop. So I'll take this, you know, like that. And you kind of, I guess it's stressful if no one's coming to you for meat, right? Um, but at the same time, I think that yeah, money money is stressful. You wouldn't come to me for meat. Not for sure. <laughs> not me. I'm a vegan. so that's got nothing it. to trade for you. <laughs> right. Well, we'd have to do other things. Seed. I'd, I'd get, get the seeds <laughs> from you.
0: So, yeah, I, I think if, uh, as a school owner, if you can master um, these stats in, in a way that you are not only taking them down Knowing how to read them, right, and then coming up with ways to improve them, and yeah. I, and you don't have to have all of the the answers on how to improve right. them. And in fact, you can't have the answers on how to pr- improve them if you don't know them to begin with, right? And I and I and I'll I'll, I'll just make this statement. So I, I was doing a check-in call with one of my health clients yesterday, and this health client was talking about the fact that when 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 he's off work and he gets home, he always wants to eat. And it's yeah. almost time for dinner time anytime by the time he gets home. But he's like, right. Well, if I just if I eat this sugar-free cookie and the sugar-free jello and the sugar-free blah 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 blah, he goes, he goes, I'm lying to myself in my head, going, It's okay to eat right, right. 500 calories
1: mm.
0: of sugar-free stuff. Right. But he goes, I know that it's not okay to eat 500 calories of sugar-free stuff, but I'm lying to myself. And all I basically just told him, I said, well, I said, that's a great question to ask yourself. Yeah. Why am I telling myself that? Why do I believe that? Because then I'll tell you why you're eating it. Right? Right. And, and I said, all all I want you to do is just, And gosh, talked about this, I think with uh, Toby on the podcast yesterday. Just get a yellow pad of paper, write down the question because your brain is, your brain is a problem solver. Anytime somebody gives you a, a question, right, your brain right. wants to solve it just automatically. It does. Yeah. So if you just write that question down, I told them, why do I think eating 500 calories or whatever it is, you know, 500 calories of sugar-free food is okay while right. I'm in the weight loss phase. Right. And, and then I just said, put it away. Like, you're not going to have the answer right now, right? but let your subconscious work on it. So the reason I bring that up is because with your stats, number one, you got to keep them. Number two, you got to read them. Number three, you got to understand them. But number four, in order to improve them, then you start asking yourself the question, okay, how do I improve my closing rate? Right. How do I improve my quit rate? If you start asking those questions, you write them down, and then just okay, this is my idea right now, and then walk away, and then come back, and then write the next idea that hits you, and walk yeah. away. Or if you're like me, um, I now uh, probably within the last year and a half, I use Notion, which is a free app. But the nice thing about it is I can uh, I can I've got a, uh, a a a like I created a shortcut on my phone. Mm-hmm. And it's a mobile capture, and then all I got to do is I can click on it, and then I can put my thought or idea right in there, and then it sits in there until I'm ready to use it and move it to wherever I need to move it.
1: Right. So it's not okay. just a
0: piece of paper anymore. Right. Because um, sometimes, how often are we not in, in front of a piece of paper? Right. right? We're in the shower. Uh, we're on the toilet. We're yeah. somewhere else, and it's like, oh my gosh, I got this idea. Boom! I just throw it yeah. in there. Great. But all of that, just to say. You'll come up with the answer when you ask yourself the right question. Right. But you cannot ask yourself the right question without the right
1: um, metrics. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's awesome. That's so. Look, we we're almost done and out of time, right? We covered a lot of stuff. Number one, we covered how uh, to categorize your students in phases, leads, prospects, etc. We talked about um, you know getting better at the sign up process or um, getting better at your retention. We talked about you know, the actual, uh, you know, as far as lead generation and how much it costs to generate a lead and cost of acquisition of clientele. And we talked about systems for, uh, you know, tracking your finances coming in and what's your spending on the way out and what your profitability is and how you can save for the future and keeping your overhead low. You said about not buying, you know, renting or getting into a school that's way too expensive to, so that you have to churn X amount of, you have to have 150 students just to break even, learn to look at your expenses and don't overdo it, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, you you could, you don't have to be frugal. I'm not asking you to be cheap or frugal, but at the same time, don't be wasteful, right? Like, you know, when money's coming in, trust me, when I was there and money was coming in with my schools when I had six locations and a bunch out of the country, I was spending as quick as I was making. And my goals were at a higher level, you know? Um, and, uh, I was buying tons of real estate, which was good because that's something, the one thing that I did well. Um, but at the same time, uh, You have to be careful you know like i call that the rock star syndrome it's like when the rock star has a number one album right they're making tons of money they go out and buy a million dollar mansion and a ferrari and then the next album comes out and it's a flop yeah now they're selling their ferrari and selling their mansion and they're broke right i know of many famous musicians that are you know now doing jobs they never put money away and they made enough that they could have survived for the rest of their lives without having to work but they blew it all. Yep. Yeah. So yep. crazy, right? Yeah. And then like you
0: said, uh, know what your net is. Um, yeah. I think that that is probably one of the best. That's probably the most important uh, number right now. For, right. For a school owner that you brought up. So I really right. wanted to highlight that. Um, and then second to that is, you know, know the percentages that you're running your business on. Yeah. Um, you know, so how much for advertising, how much right. for it, these, this expense, that expense, mm-hmm. you know, and you can, uh, again, employees, rent, advertising, um, and then uh, uh, cost for operations. And that could be utilities yeah. and uniforms and all those things, you know, that type of stuff.
1: Yeah. And um, be careful. The money spent on employees is not necessarily paying them high salaries and giving them bonuses and all these perks. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to stay with you. So be very careful because I've had those people where I've bought cars for as a Christmas present and, you know, giving them retirement packages and all this stuff. And I don't know them anymore. They don't stay in touch with me. I, you know, like I lent one guy money to buy his home, um, you know, and they don't even talk to me. Him and his wife were both my black. But they don't even talk to me anymore. Like it doesn't matter. So what I'm saying is, don't think that just because you're doing that and giving people a lot of money that it's gonna lock them in or make them loyal. Be careful at how you how you spend. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I put in a I put in a link to a book that you and I both loved. It was called Upstream, and um it's kind of. Similar to the topic we're talking about, about looking upstream and seeing the problems before they happen, then going back and fixing them or organizing your systems in a way that you'll never have that problem in the future again. Um, one of my absolute favorite books, you recommended it to me, and um, I loved it to death. Like it was one of those books that are on my list of books that have changed my life. Good. I'm glad yeah. I could be a part of it. Yeah. yeah, it was a great <laughs> book. So, um, loved it. But uh, all right, Dwayne, awesome, awesome podcast. And we will chat next time, right? And you want to close it up?
0: Yeah, I just want to remind everybody to go to schoolownertalk.com because we have a plethora of other podcasts that are there. And we look forward to speaking to you guys next time.
1: Have a great day, Allie. Take care, Dwayne. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. They can be reached at eliteinsights.com. Ad Health Coaching, helping school owners create a new and easy to implement revenue stream for your school. Visit adhealthcoaching.com. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit leadhuntermedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at academykings.com. And Spark Membership. Hands down, the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. They can be reached at sparkmembership.com. We will see you next time.